you're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. All right, all right, all right. Do we have Matthew McConaughey here today? (laughs) Welcome to episode 16 of the Tactical Kitchen Show. I can't do a Matthew McConaughey very good, really. Nah, that's okay. You could do the car commercial, though. You could go get in the car, and you could do your fingers like he does in that one Lincoln commercial. (laughs) Like you're rolling the booger? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think we have the Matthew McConaughey syndrome right now because we were in Austin for the weekend last weekend. And I always think of him, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, he's a pretty cool dude. I like him as an actor. He's great. Oh, yeah. Hey, Matthew McConaughey, I hope you're listening to this. Yeah, you should come be on the show and talk about diet with us. It'd be great. Yeah, or whatever you want. Or talk about whatever you want. <laughs> whatever. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so what's been up with us the last couple of weeks? Oh my gosh, what has not been up with us? Well, I've been I've been having an interesting like last three weeks, and you know that because um, I'm yeah, here. You're here. <laughs> so I injured my foot walking, just walking, just got it caught up in some long pants, and it pulled my toe backwards. It and happens. It, when you're a klutz, it does, and um, that's just now really getting better. And I was able to walk around Austin last weekend. Okay. But now, this week, I was just getting over that and starting to get back into my workouts pretty good. I even did a few cleans with Big Barbell the other day. And then the next, that night, actually, yeah, that night at 1.50 in the morning, woke up with a stomach bug. Well, you know what happened was you gloated a little bit about being able to work out and I'm back. I did. I actually posted that. I'm back. (laughs) And then I was zapped with a stomach bug. Thanks, universe. (laughs) Or you dirty human out there, whoever you are that infected me. Wherever it came from. I know. Probably our grandson. (laughs) That that happens. I I talk to young athletes all the time, and I tell them in their physical journey, they're going to have setbacks. And we have setbacks as well. And you just have to take them in stride, know that it's going to happen, get through it, and then start again. Yeah, so I put out a feeler on Facebook and said, hey, is there a stomach bug going around asking for a friend? And I got the response of, yes, 20 people were in the clinic today with a stomach bug. And I was like, ah, hell's bells. I got that. I was just glad it wasn't my food because I was going to be really sad if my steak gave me food poisoning. Yeah, well, I kind of ate the same food. And up to this point, (laughs) I have not had the... Stomach bug, I'm crossing my fingers and my toes and my legs. Yeah, because we leave for Germany on Sunday. Yes, so a couple days we're leaving for Germany, and I do not want to go into my Euro trip with a stomach bug. Yeah, when you're listening to this, we'll already be in Germany. So, Mm. auf Wiedersehen. (laughs) (laughs) No, when I say to the stomach bug, nine. Nine, I know. So what are we talking about today? We're going to cover a very detailed topic of hormones. Yes, hormones. So just a heads up, like we say, we're not doctors. 
But we can't, we just absolutely can't cover everything about hormones in a short podcast. No, we can't. And we, and we try to keep this conversational. So it's not a class. We're not trying to give instruction. We're talking it's about. Not. <laughs> well, it's not for me. If you want to, if you want to instruct some pages of notes here, <laughs> I'm going to keep it a little conversational and uh, address mostly the guy issues and yeah. and how to recognize uh, low testosterone, hormone imbalances, and, and and how to fix those and what you should be looking for. Yeah, you should be looking for that, guys. And I'll talk a little bit about nutrients to help support the endocrine system. And if you don't know what the endocrine system is, we're talking about the things that make your hormones. So pretty simple, cut and dry. We'll mm-hmm. keep it very high level um, and pretty much just an overview and, like Steve said, conversational. You can post questions uh, at on our website or in Instagram if you follow us, so you should go do that. Well, so just up front, I want to cover a couple of stats and, and show you why this is important. Uh, we were reading, and there was a study done, and it said overall worldwide, the, the male, well, I'm talking just about males here, their sperm, because women don't have sperm. What? What? Well. Okay. Anyway, so male sperm overall has went down 33% over from the period of 1940 to 1990, and it went down the most in the youngest age group. So they saw they saw the most decrease in sperm count. So didn't it say like the thirty year olds in that group were the youngest, and they had yeah, and they had the lowest had the, sperm the, count of correct. all of them. Right. So older guys had more sperm. Correct. That's crazy. Even worse in America, so in the United States, it was a sixty percent decrease in sperm count. There's no sperm out there. So so they're basically forecasting by the year twenty fifty there'll be no sperm. And we we'll, we will see infertility rates just go through the roof. Fertility rates are are they're dropping significantly, and we know this because we hear of people getting fertility treatments. Right, we see so many posts and different things from even friends who are going to fertility doctors to try to get pregnant, and that's going to be a real problem when someone wants to conceive a child and they can't they're because spending, there's no sperm. They're spending like twenty thousand dollars on fertility treatments, which is, is insane. It is. And, you know, it's not just the guys. The women have hormonal imbalances, too, that that are a part of, and a factor of this. So put those two things together, and we might see a real decline in the birth of children. And that's going to be hard for some families because not everybody has $20,000 to go spend on a fertility doctor to just be able to have a child and then end up with, like, eight now, we, we have friends that have had problems with fertility, and side note, when they went on a ketogenic diet, they got pregnant. They did. We call those keto babies. Keto babies. Keto They're babies. Out there. So the interesting thing is that really, unless there's been some sort of injury uh, or some sort of infectious disease, that these are all food-based issues. They are. They're all, they're all food-based, and we talk about that a lot when we talk to anyone we're doing health coaching with about how to manage their hormones through diet. Now, what are some, for the females, what are some indications of hormones that are out of balance? So, you know, there's so many and a lot of you ladies will think, oh, well, that's just normal, right? That I have PMS or breast tenderness around my menstrual cycle or I have painful periods or mood swings. Those are just a few of the things that we we know as women happen. And then we have things like low libido or all of a sudden you have 
depression and you don't know why you're so fatigued or you have trouble concentrating or then your periods get irregular or they just go away altogether. Mm-hmm. And that can be... Sorry Somebody about didn't the turn phone. her phone off. <laughs> if you heard that. Um, but th- those are all just a few of the things. Uh, they, you know, we have, we know about premenstrual syndrome and what that means. I know all guys cringe at the thought of that because it's like that few days <laughs> before and maybe a couple of days after where it's like we get, we get like one good week together. <laughs> so if you're in a situation where your significant other is like, we get like seven good days together before you go haywire, then, you know, you might have a hormonal imbalance. And this is all diet-related, ladies. Now, for guys, some of the things you want to look for is, number one, a lack of lean muscle. If you can't build lean muscle or you don't have lean muscle, then you probably have low testosterone. In addition, as you age, fatigue. Being fatigued all the time and then starting to get that fat around your trunk, that belly fat. Yeah, the belly fat. That is an indication that you're starting to get low testosterone, okay? And also, I'm going to say it, trouble keeping an erection. We're going there, aren't we? Okay, for you guys in your 40s and you're starting to notice that I can get the erection, but the erection doesn't hang around. Okay, that's an indication of low testosterone. Yeah, and you know, also the morning, the morning erection. We call it the morning wood. Okay, we're, we're totally going there today. Make sure your kids are not in the room. This could go south really fast. Hey, it is what it is, okay? So guys know, once you, you know, if you stop getting that, you start waking up and you have the, your, your soldier is not saluting you, then you need to be thinking that I have low testosterone and we need to start fixing this. So what is the first thing that guys normally do when this happens? The first thing they do is seek out uh, hormone therapy, low testosterone treatments. Right, and those those are the clinics we see popping up everywhere. Who has not seen, hey, it's a low T clinic, or heard the advertisements on the radio? Um, so that's becoming like a big, big like normal thing. It's big money. Big low money, T clinics are big money, and it's it's like totally a normal thing that's happening. Or let me say this: it's not normal. This isn't normal. This is common. No, it's not supposed to be. Oh, by the way, it's also expensive. Yeah, I know. So people spend a lot of money to make their junk work. <laughs> well, because it's important, and it I is understand. Important. Guys want their they want their junk to work. I get it. But there's other ways, and this is what we're here for. We're going to talk about the other ways to balance your hormones and get everything done right. So let's talk a little bit about the. Things that can go wrong, like what what is the first thing that we see happening with people when the end result is this hormonal imbalance? The very first thing I would say is stress. Stress is a big one because we live in a very stressful environment. Like we were talking about earlier, I say environment. You did say environment. I meant to say environment. I need to bring out my James Earl Jones and talk like this. Oh, no. <laughs> so we live in a very stressful environment. And we were talking about this earlier. We have created all these conveniences, but we're more stressed than we've ever been. Just traffic. I mean, just think about getting from point A to point B. Just when you go to the grocery store or wherever you're going in the morning, you work, whatever. And you get in the car and you're bombarded with this just traffic. 
and you're sitting in it and you get stressed. You're stressed that you're going to be late. You're stressed that you might get in a wreck. You're stressed because it's just traffic and it's boring. I'm stressed because other people don't drive like I do. That does happen. <laughs> I will say that does happen. So and, it is that way, and your body doesn't understand the difference between type of stressors, whether you've, you've gotten to a fist fight or being chased by a lion. Your, your body doesn't know. It just creates the hormones of stress. And that hormone is cortisol. So most of you probably know about cortisol, and you're probably up on it because you're probably a pretty educated group of people. But cortisol does this really awesome thing where it gives us the ability to get out of a really bad situation. We, we produce this cortisol. We get an adrenaline rush if there's an emergency, and we can escape a predator or a serious, scary situation. Um, but we live in an environment where that is being signaled in our body constantly through work, traffic, family, other stress we put on ourselves, and then sometimes we overexercise and stress ourselves just for the fun of it. The the extended cardio people need to listen up about raising your cortisol levels on extended cardio. Yeah, and you know how do you know if you have this cortisol problem? Well, usually those people are the ones who you either have trouble going to sleep. There's several different patterns, and we'll just briefly go over what happens real quick. If you notice you can't fall asleep at night, you're kind of that wired but tired, you might have a cortisol problem. We're going the Jeff Foxworthy route here. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to sleep at night and you wake up about 2, 3 in the morning, you might have a cortisol problem. <laughs> and here's your sign. It's your, it's your sleepy side. Yeah. And if you wake up in the morning, but you just can't function without that coffee, and you can't wake up fully, well, you might have a cortisol problem. So the big thing about cortisol is that when it's elevated, there are certain things that cannot operate properly. Right. So cortisol, like Melody said, when it's elevated, it's to survive. It's trying to help you survive. Well, when your body is in survival mode, there's one thing that it's absolutely not worried about, and that's sex and reproduction. We don't want no babies if we are being chased by a lion because they cry. They give out, they give away your hiding place, and your body knows that. So your body's very smart. So when one thing goes up, something else has to come down. And so when your cortisol is high, for men, your testosterone is going to be low. Same thing for women. When your cortisol goes high, you're going to have a hormonal imbalance. And there's some other factors that go into this hormonal imbalance, and those are some environmental factors. We also have a lot of toxins in our environment that actually will mimic estrogen in our body. So this is where we see man boobs. Sorry, guys. If you have man boobs, you have a hormonal imbalance. And a lot of those environmental uh, factors are soaps, Shampoos. Yeah, hygiene products. Hygiene products. You really got to look at your hygiene products and see what they're doing to yeah, you. Yeah, that Axe body spray may be actually giving you man boobs. Right, I don't know. Right. And it's very funny. It's marketed to men to be manly, but actually it's probably lowering your testosterone. So Because there's probably something in there called a xenoestrogen that mimics your the extra estrogen receptors in your body, and they lock in in there. And then you have this estrogen dominance, which makes you put it in on fat in the places where a woman would put on fat. So if you're a guy that has like the man boobs or you start getting weight around your hips and thighs, then you might want to start looking at the products you use, the foods you eat. Are you eating soy? 
Don't do that. Don't do that if you're a guy. Please don't. And we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about alcohol later, but it, it yeah, falls in the gonna... same category of of marketing to men to make them manly, but what they're marketing to you is really making you womanly. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, alcohol is one of those things. The more you drink, the lower your testosterone is going to go. Is that why men cry when they drink beer? That's why when they get together and they get drunk and they're like, I love you, man. You're the best friend I've ever had. They get kind of emotional. They get emotional. Yeah. And it's really funny because when I when I when we started doing this journey here, I started researching and I started hearing that. I was looking back at like, man, that is so true because you get when you start drinking around your buddies, you're like, I love you, man. You're the best, dude. It's so hilarious. <laughs> it start getting all gushy and emotional. Yeah, it's getting gushy and emotional. Like a girl. Like a girl. Sorry, ladies. Mm. We do that just normally because we're supposed to. We have that estrogen. We have a little more estrogen than men. Uh, you know, uh, we won't go there. Well, so, us, us men and women, we are a little different. We are different. In many and, ways. Yeah. There's a couple of ways. There's a couple of ways. <laughs> so, so when we're talking about the hormonal cycle, this is where we get really different. This is why the, you know, boys are different than girls. It really comes into play. Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, yeah, so your kids, please, cover their ears. I don't know where this is going. Your kids won't want to hear any of this stuff anyway. They no, don't care. they don't. So, because we're talking about parents having sex and stuff, probably, and that's just gross. Um, <laughs> so, men are on a 24-hour cycle. Women are on a 28-day cycle. This is where it gets kind of freaky weird. Right, men are very, we're very regulated on a day-to-day basis, we're we're very normal. Our, our our hormones are very predictable. Very predictable. The testosterone should be high in the morning. That's why you have the morning salute. Yes, and then you know it kind of that's the way cortisol is. It works with your cortisol. So cortisol is higher in the morning to wake you up. You wake up with a higher level of testosterone. You actually start to decline later in the day. Your hormones for men actually just replenish during the night that's why sleep is so important in getting good sleep and you just are like groundhog day you're like the same thing every single day women we're on a 28 day cycle we go through four phases of that if you want to know more about the female hormonal cycle we actually have a four-week program on our website thetacticalkitchen.com that is available for you to purchase you do at your own pace it's recorded video that i did for a whole plan on how to balance your hormones. You can learn all about the four phases of your cycle, how to eat for those cycles, how to exercise with each one, and what kind of sex is best during each one, and how to fix your hormones like that. Well, I know what kind of sex is best. All sex is best, okay? <laughs> Look. <laughs> all for, of it. That's why we're more complicated. Sometimes <laughs> we need a little more of something and a little less of something else. Mm. I'm not going to go through all of it, but hey, I've it's heard, in the program. I've heard these rumors. I know. So, so since we're talking about diet and how, and how to fix these issues with diet, what are some things that contribute to hormone dysregulation or low testosterone kind of stuff? Well, we've talked about that a little bit. It's the stress. And, you know, then we, we're going to look at the where the hormones actually come from. So let's talk about something called the HPA axis, or 
the hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal axis. It's like they play telephone. So the hypothalamus is in your brain, and it kind of monitors, it monitors all the blood hormones and all these things going through your body. And it's the control system of all of this. So it's like playing telephone. The hypothalamus will call your pituitary gland and say, hey, we need more of this stuff. Can you call the adrenals? And then the adrenals will send out a message and will call out for certain hormones to be released into the body. And if this system isn't working properly, then even though the message came from the hypothalamus and maybe got to the pituitary gland and tried to get to the adrenals, if the adrenals are all out of whack because you've been super stressed for what we call chronic stress, because you live in this crazy world where we've created so many conveniences, we have stressed ourselves out, um, then your, your whole cascade of the hormones just breaks down from there. Yeah, that's a, a, a you know, you talk, start talking about adrenal fatigue. Adrenal fatigue. Now, there's, yes. I guess there's two ways your adrenals can't work. Like you said there, they just don't get the message. Yeah, they can, they can just, they can just be tired. I would just call them like, they've gotten, they've gotten overused for so long. And that's what we were talking about earlier. We have, you know, we need our adrenal glands to operate in a, in a way where our cortisol is used very quickly, and then we recover. But we just don't live in a world like that anymore. We live in a world where we wake up in the morning, we're stressed from the moment we get up until the time we go to bed, and we even stress ourselves out because what do we do now? I have to check Facebook. I have to check Instagram. I have to check Twitter. I have to do all these things. But you don't have to do any of that. Well, and and we're constantly stimulating. So we're constantly drinking coffee, having more caffeine, energy drinks, uh, a lot of sugar, all those things are they overstimulate our system. So now we're overstressed and overstimulated. Right. And the blood sugar regulation part of this is really where we start dealing with the diet. Right. So blood sugar dysregulation. If you're over consuming carbohydrates and sugars and refined processed foods, then this is going to have a direct impact on your hormonal balance. And it's going to do that because you're putting your body into a stress situation with your food you're eating. Mm-hmm. And for men specifically, when you have high blood sugar, you're going to have high insulin. And when your insulin is high, your testosterone is going to stay low. Right. And it affects women in, in the same way with different hormones and different hormonal imbalances. So we see a lot of thyroid issues with females and the thyroid is another place where we're going to release these hormones into the body but then what happens is we get a dysfunctional thyroid because when we overconsume carbohydrates then we we can ha- or we can't digest our food properly we get autoimmune diseases and then our body will start attacking these vital places like the thyroid because it's confused. And why is it confused? Because our immune system is all out of whack because maybe we have leaky gut and we just haven't been digesting our food well and absorbing and utilizing those nutrients. So then we become nutrient deficient. We can be so well fed and undernourished in this day and time. It's the most crazy time that human beings have ever lived in where we have more abundance but less nutrition than we ever have. And that's a great point. And we hit all this all the time is how we don't follow the calories in, calories out. We don't think that's a good way to 
uh, look at diet, we follow the more of do you do you absorb what you're eating? Absolutely, because this is where we go back to digestion. Digestion is king here because if you're eating quality proteins, which are necessary to create these uh, hormones, and you're eating quality fats, and you're doing all the right things, but then it gets to your stomach, and you don't have adequate stomach acid to break down the proteins, release the B vitamins, and assimilate the fat because your gallbladder and liver are dysfunctional, then the cascade just goes on from there. You can't absorb the nutrients necessary for all of these vital glands of the endocrine system. And it's so important to know what those nutrients are. And it's going to be really important for you guys to know, how do I know if I have digestive issues? Well, there are a few key things. You can always go back and listen to our episode three on digestion. But there's a few key things that you can ask yourself. Are you bloated after you eat? Do you have gas? Do you burp? Do you feel heaviness? Do you get Uh, nauseated? Yeah. Do you get nauseated after you eat fat? Do you have gallbladder pain? Do you feel a pain in your upper, underneath your rib cage on the right side after you eat fatty foods? Do you have acid reflux? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the key ones. You know, people who have acid reflux are just not digesting their food. Right. Are you constipated? Or are you alternating between constipation and diarrhea all the time? Um, you know, how, how, is your, how is your bowel movements? How are they working? What color are they? All these things tell us something about how your digestion is working. And then ladies, we'll, get, we'll talk a little bit. And if you get the female hormonal balance program, you'll learn what does the color of your period actually tell you. You actually have a blood test that you can look at every single month. And it tells you so much about your current health and your current hormonal balance. And you can look back to the last month and predict then what your period's going to look like. And is it clotted? Is it cranberry colored? Is it light pink and scanty? Is it heavy? Are you cramping a lot? All these things mean something about how you're digesting your food mm-hmm. and what food you're eating. And so... Let's talk about, I guess, some of the nutrients that are necessary for these uh, endocrine glands. You want to? You want to do that? (laughs) Um, Maybe. Okay. I'll start. (laughs) Because, like I said, I have 36 pages of notes. We're going to be here for a while. (laughs) Um, So your thyroid. Let's just talk about the thyroid. I have so many questions that come to me about Hashimoto's and thyroid problems, slow thyroids. You know, we got the... I don't have that many people who have like a hyperthyroidism where it's overacting, but a lot of times it's a low low functioning thyroid. Um, Iodine is a key nutrient for the thyroid gland. So where are you going to find these things? And you guys, we're going to connect the dots here for you in just a second. There are some really common threads between all of these endocrine glands. So iodine, seafood, sea vegetables, kelp is one of the highest. I don't know about you, but I don't eat kelp. No, I don't. I don't touch it. I need to find some kelp. I don't know where to... I haven't got any kelp. Go to the ocean. I guess. Um, But... You can find it in a lot of vegetables, but here's the thing. It can be so compromised in a vegetable because if it's grown in the soil, our soil is so depleted. 
And if you have an autoimmune thyroid issue already, like Hashimoto's, you have to be careful when you supplement iodine. You really need to work with a practitioner because there are certain things you need to work on first. And if you have a shellfish allergy, you might want to be careful with supplementing iodine because a lot of times it's from a shellfish. That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Shellfish? Shellfish source. But yes, seafood and sea vegetables. I feel like I need to go to get some sea vegetables. We've been watching this survival show called Alone. And what is that stuff they get? Bull kelp? Bull kelp, yeah. Yeah, they just go. It looks like a huge rope. It's crazy. And it grows like two feet a day. Seven. Was it seven? It was seven feet a day. Yeah. Hmm. It looked like a big, giant, like, worm rope. It was crazy. But they were just eat. People are just eating it. So, anyway, check out that series. It's pretty fun to watch. Um, I need to go get some of that. So, prostate. Prostate. So, zinc. You need to have zinc. You know what else zinc helps? Zinc is very crucial in the development of hydrochloric acid in your stomach. And that is a key component to have enough hydrochloric acid to consume and break down and absorb the zinc in the prostate foods, which are... So good sources of zinc are red meats, liver, oysters, beef, lamb, and egg yolks, of course. We always say eat eggs. And pork. So eat your bacon. Eat your bacon. So, oh my gosh, you can eat bacon and have a well-functioning prostate. You're welcome, guys. (laughs) You can have a ribeye coated in bacon, Mm -hmm. covered in egg yolks. Yay. (laughs) That's awesome. So, pituitary gland. So, the pituitary gland is a little guy up in your head, but it requires a thing called manganese. Manganese can be found in, guess what? Egg yolks, nuts and seeds. Once again, egg yolks. Egg, eat the yolks. And, um, man, I used to throw away all the yolks. Sad. Because I was a low-fatter. It's very sad. I did that for years. It makes me so upset that I ever did that. Sorry, I was probably ruining your prostate. It's better now. I know. (laughs) So, nuts and seeds, leafy greens, and again, with those leafy greens... If the soil's not depleted, and then I don't know how many of you how many of you are actually going out and testing the soil that your leafy greens were grown in, especially if you're buying them at the store. But you have no idea what's in these things. Well, just go go out and look up soil depletion, and you'll see how depleted our soil has become, and you'll start learning about that because it's like it's seventy percent depleted of all nutrients now, and that it's was horrible. and that was about fifteen years ago. Right. So who knows what it is now? Yeah, I know it's really sad. So I know we do like stock up on, and I was really guilty of this, or, or I did this because I thought it was great. I ate so many leafy greens, and then you know you start learning that there's not that much nutrient value in it, and then the nutrients that you get are really difficult to absorb. So good animal sources though. Most animal-based proteins are great sources of manganese. So again, we're going to start seeing a common thread here. Then your pancreas. Now your pancreas is both an endocrine and an exocrine gland. And in its endocrine function, it's very important for you to have chromium. So beef, liver, oysters, chicken, butter, and then a couple of good vegetable source ones are beets and mushrooms. And then beets are also also very good for gallbladder and liver function. So just make sure you're getting, you know, pesticide-free if possible. 
beets. But again, we're starting to see the common thread, animal proteins, right? Mm-hmm. Then the gonads. Yeah, so now we're going to start talking about selenium, which most people are deficient in selenium. Because where do you get it? Liver and butter. Most fish, okay, again, shellfish. And then uh, Brazil nuts are a very good source of selenium. But you're going to have an issue with that because they had a really bad Brazil nut crop last couple years. There was a drought. I know. It was hard for us to get any. So Brazil nuts are really expensive and they're very pathetic. They taste kind of crappy. Very crappy and very small. Yeah. And gonads, you know, that's your testes and your ovaries. So I hope you don't have both, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So adrenals. So the adrenals are those little things that sit atop your kidneys and they are the magic with cortisol. And when you go into menopause or andropause, so andropause is for men because men do go through a, a, a type of menopause um, as they age. But the adrenal glands are responsible to take over this production of sex hormones as we age, which is why this high cortisol level thing is an issue when you wear out your adrenal glands. Because what happens is as you get older, they take over the sex hormone production. And if they're tired, guess what? No sex hormones for you. Right. You're hosed. And they require copper. So oysters have five times as much of the copper as any other food. And you can get, you know, you can still get it from some mushrooms, some dark leafy greens, some raw cacao, and some dried fruits. But again, soil depletion, ah, that can be a problem. But the major thing we see here, and since we've been doing this ketovore-style diet, um, I see animal products. A lot of animal products. So if you're looking at getting healthy fats and healthy proteins, you're covering most of your bases on all these micro-minerals. You are. And the crazy thing is, we know, back in January, when we started doing our carnivore-style diet experiment, we were at Low Carb West Palm Beach, and I remember going up to Dr. Georgia Ede, and she had talked about plants and plant toxins and everything, and I asked her about the carnivore diet, and we were three days in, and I said, so what do you think can happen to female hormones, because I've heard differing opinions on how it can affect the female hormonal balance, and what do you, what do you, what's your opinion? And she said, I think you'll see nothing but good results. And I have to tell you, since we've gone this route and I've upped my protein, I eat healthy fats, my menstrual cycle is better than it's ever been in my life. I'm 46. I wish I would have known this like 30 years ago. I would have saved myself so much time and trouble. And a lot of money on buying Aleve. Aleve. I was an Aleve taker. Every month I had to take some Aleve just to cut the pain a little bit. So I was one of the people that had like a lot of menstrual pain and really bad cramps, bloating, all all the fun things. And I haven't had a cramp since we've been doing this. This is almost six months now. Wow. So for for people listening, what do you what should you do in your diet to help Right now, start fixing this. What should you do tomorrow, really? And what we always say is you you start with breakfast. That's the first thing you want to focus on when you start thinking about changing your diet. Absolutely. Breakfast is the easiest route to go. And, you know, I always say start with something for two weeks and get really used to it and incorporate it into your life and then move on to the next thing. Um, 
you know, or you can be a jump all in if you want, but start tomorrow with breakfast. Eat a couple of eggs and maybe some bacon. Right. And for guys, the reason we talk about eating eggs and bacon, because that's, that's healthy fats and protein first thing in the morning. And your testosterone is supposed to be high in the morning. So if you eat a cereal or um, some fruit or something like that, you're raising your blood sugar, which is going to create insulin, which is going to create low testosterone. So you don't you don't want to act against what your body is naturally doing. Well, you know, we talked in that one episode a while back about the Kellogg brothers and how Kellogg's cereal was created to do what? Reduce testosterone in patients. Because they were sick of people masturbating in their <laughs> clinic. <laughs> right. So, so the Kellogg people created cornflakes to lower testosterone. And this is documented. Oh, yeah. That's, that's like, you can see it on Wikipedia. So anybody that's getting up and eating a bowl of cereal... You're not doing yourself any favors. Yeah, you're feminizing your body. You're feminizing your body. That's And that is true. That's what their goal was. They wanted to reduce the amount of self-pleasure um, in their clinics. So they created those cornflakes. It's just so funny. You should go, You guys go look it up on Wikipedia. Have yeah, a good laugh. It's great. Stop eating cereal. Stop it. Just stop it. So... Yeah, we've got a lot of good things. Another thing about cortisol, that's some lifestyle changes that people will have to make. Um, A few good tips is before you eat because you want to digest, maybe take a few deep breaths right before you sit down to eat or when you sit down to eat. Calm your mind. Get into a parasympathetic state so your digestive function can actually work correctly. And then there's a couple of things you can do. Like one of the things is you can take your fingers, your index fingers, put them behind your ears, right at the base behind your ears, and just rub them down this straight down your neck. And this is the vagal nerve. And you can actually massage that vagal nerve and it will calm your mind and it will calm that cortisol response. You can do that at any time of day. Also, you could take your tongue and stick that behind your teeth, up in the roof of your mouth. And that will also reset your brain and help you to calm down. A few little weird techniques that we use. Well, and this is important for guys when you start talking about testosterone again because you have to sleep and recover to build muscle. Because when you are sleeping, that's when your pituitary produces the most uh, growth hormone. So if you're not sleeping well and your cortisol is high, then you're not making enough growth hormone to make muscle. And that's important to a lot of you guys, I know. It's important for men to make muscle. Yeah, so you want your pituitary gland to be able to work efficiently. That's for sure. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. So we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about environmental factors, lifestyle factors you can can use. But we are a firm believer in uh, you got to start, well, you can start with those, I guess. But diet is so key to to making all this uh, possible because if you change your diet, now the stress goes down, your anxiety goes down. So you can incorporate some of those lifestyle factors like meditating, a reading, um, yoga, all that stuff that are, are easier to do when you, you have less stress and anxiety. Yeah, and if you're if you're in that camp right now where you're going to get that hormone replacement, like the low T shots, or your, the testosterone shots, or you're getting a hormone replacement therapy, then the problem with that is that as you put those synthes- synthetic hormones in, your body says, oh, cool, we don't have to make those anymore. So what happens is you actually become dependent on them and because your body just says, cool, I'll relax. I don't have to do that anymore for you. 
it's really important to start working on these factors now so that you can get off of those things and begin to self-regulate those hormones so you don't become dependent on them for life. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late. So don't think if you're if you're in your 70s or even in your 80s it, that, oh, I'm not going to change because it's too late for me. It's never too late for you to assume some of these changes in your life and see significant health results. I firmly believe that. it is As long as you're above ground, it's not too late. I got approached uh, on Wednesday at one of my track workouts by an 81-year-old man who asked me to train him in running. I love that. I love that so much. And I I just looked at him and I was like, well, well what are your goals? And he responded, I want to get faster. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so 81, he's still got goals. He's still training and he's looking to get a coach to get better. So um, hopefully I can help help him because he's an inspiration. Yeah, that's life goals right there for me. I want to be 81 and going, hey, I need a coach so I can get faster. <laughs> well... I think that kind of wraps it up. We talked about a lot. If you need more information or would like more information, please go to our website, thetacticalkitchen.com, and connect with us, and we will be very excited to help you. Absolutely. And like we said, there's no way we can fit everything in this 40-minute episode. So please know this is a just high-level view. If we missed something, we're sorry. If we didn't answer a question you might have had, reach out to us. We'll try to connect you with the right answer. And... Like always, just go eat fat and prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.